Welcome to the Medical Management Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up your practice. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's program. Hello, and welcome to the Medical Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Arnoldson. Today, I'm excited because I'm joined by one of my partners here at MedMan, Molly Ramsey, and we're going to be discussing a couple of topics all related to bringing on and developing teams within our organizations. Welcome back, Molly. Thanks for having me back, Jesse. I appreciate it. Of course. No, I'm excited. So we, you know, for our listeners, we're going to break this interview into two conversations. The first one, we're going to focus on the ideal onboarding process, you know, creating an experience for this new person coming on. And then in the next interview, we're going to get into maybe what phase next looks like for this whole staffing roller coaster that we've been on for the last couple of years. So Molly, you and I have talked about this even more recently in our conversations about maybe providing some sort of book gifts for our new administrators, but it kind of goes back to this bigger question of, you know, why we need to lay focus on, you know, the first day, first week, this onboarding of new employees. Can you maybe share some of your opinions around what it should look like and why it's so important? Absolutely. Happy to. And we've had more experience with onboarding this year than I can ever remember in MedMan's we, we're not immune to I've the changes and, and craziness of it, of what's going on yeah, right exactly. now, right? <laughs> yeah, so for the listeners out there, you know, we're a small to mid-sized organization, but we've experienced a significant amount of growth this year. So we were just doing a year in review in terms of the number of employees we onboarded this year, and we actually had 17 employees on board. Oh, a couple wow. of those employees were rehires, so that makes it a little bit more simpler. So we've mm-hmm. definitely been practicing And that number may not seem like a lot to some individuals in larger organizations, but for us, that's a significant number. What are we now, Molly? uh, We're we're at like total 40 employees. Exactly. We're right about 40 employees. So that's a big, big number for an organization our size. And, you know, prior to this year, we would do a couple of new hires a year. So we just didn't have a lot of practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the onboarding, Mm -hmm. which kind of allows for us to really put our time and attention and get really excited about those new hires when they did join our organization. But at the same time, we didn't have our process maybe dialed in as well as we would have liked. And so it's been a a good year for us in terms of learning. And, you know, when it looks like what good onboarding experience looks like or why we want to put an emphasis on that is, you know, really, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, you know, why? So, For us, when I think of onboarding, it's not just the first day or the first week. It's actually the first time the employee has an interaction with us. And that's when they're applying for the job or they're first hearing about us. That's when I think our onboarding actually starts is through that interview process because they're starting to kind of lay the framework of what are their expectations of us? Can they expect that we're going to be timely communicators, that we're professional in how we handle candidates and the process? Do we have a process? (laughs) You know, like, do we look like we're, you know, presenting as a a professional, legitimate organization in a professional manner? So those are all ways in which we're kind of setting the stage for us as an organization and what we would look like as an employer and can kind of gravitate and grab the attention of the perspective of Canada of like, hey, like, 
these guys appear to know what they're doing <laughs> right. you know, just through the interview process. I might want to kind of follow that pathway and spend a little bit more time considering this opportunity rather than this opportunity on the other side where I'm not getting as timely of responses back from the, the interviewers or my yeah. you know questions regarding the opportunity. It really does so, matter that that attention it, that they get. It does matter. It does matter to them. Yeah. And when we're thinking about, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later on in terms of the staffing crisis is as employers, you really have to be able to differentiate yourself. And it certainly comes down to, you know, pay and benefits, et cetera, but it's also those little, little nuances, the little things matter and make a big difference. And so that is one of those kind of quote unquote little things is the interview process and paying attention to you know, how you're treating people and kind of, you know, what your process is for moving people through it in a timely fashion. Right. But now I'm going back to your original question. I kind of got off topic there for you, Jesse. Just no, that's okay. Of, you know, I love it. <laughs> what's, you know, why it's important. You know, you don't want an employee to show up on the first day or, you know, as we make that job offer and kind of feel like it's just like, you know, just another day or that we're not prepared for them. Right. And that, they are just kind of an afterthought. <laughs> so, you know, making sure that we're in communication with a prospective employee to say, hey, you know, we're looking forward to you starting on Monday. You know, we know you're starting on Monday. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. We have a plan for it. And, you know, this is what the next, you know, the first couple of days are going to look like. Just by having that communication with them and articulating like, hey, you know, you're coming. We know it and we're looking forward to it, that gets them excited and kind of eases the, the first day jitters as well for them. So That makes sense. And I am fortunate enough to have been able to play a, a small part in, in the onboarding of one of our most recent hires. And that is a comment that she made to me. She said, you know, I come from an HR background and so I recognize, you know, I see game when I, you know, when it's there. <laughs> and you know, I, I felt appreciated. It felt really nice. You know, everything that Molly and Jamie did to kind of prep me for today. So, you know, having a schedule, extra training, extra time with different individuals, it was really, it made an impression on her. And it was, she brought that up to me. It made me, as we were thinking about this podcast interview, that that's the person I had in mind when I asked you to, to speak on this topic, like, oh, this made a difference. This <laughs> started out right. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it takes a little bit of effort and planning on our part, but it goes a long way. And, you know, if someone is starting their first day feeling like they're an afterthought, you know, you have a big right. uphill battle <laughs> yeah. time to yeah. get them excited about the organization and to instill a sense of loyalty and like that I want to do good for this organization when they're, right. you know, they've kind of only done, you know, 60% of what they could have done to make it a good experience. Right. So, you know, taking that little bit of effort to ensure that you kind of have thought and thought ahead. So being proactive of like, okay, it's, you know, the weather is going to be cruddy. It's, you know, December 15th that the employee is starting. The weather is going to be kind of cruddy. Give them a little bit of, you know, direction on this is where you should park, <laughs> you know, or what to expect, what to plan for. Just, you know, take, right. you know, those little nuances. Can you maybe share with us, let's break this into two things, the bare minimum, right? The basics that you need to do almost like a checklist. And then, and then we can get to maybe the funner part of the conversation of what are those extras you can do to make a real like fun impression or solid impression on the person. But let's start with the basics. What, what Molly should any hiring manager make sure is ready to go day one? Yeah. 
and certainly going to just put out there that we have fallen down on a couple of occasions. Yes. Sure. But, you know, one of the biggest things in terms of absolutes is just having a schedule for that first day and mm-hmm. having someone accountable to make sure to welcome that person and who's going to be kind of the designated trainer or orienter that day. Right. The other piece of it is just having the workstation. Where is this person, you know, that there is dedicated space for this person to set up shop, even if it's temporary, but it's known, right. you know, that they're, they've got dedicated space that they'll spend, you know, the first couple of days, or if it's their permanent space, that it's all set up and ready to go for them. And that looks like, you know, do they have the equipment that they need, mm-hmm. computer, email, access to an EMR, you know, all the credentials that they need to access the the systems to do their job. Right. I know it sounds so, obvious, but I have myself brought on an employee and not had their computer there or, or their phone ready or something not ready. Or I, you know, I scheduled them to be there on a day I wasn't there. So I, these things may sound Captain Obvious. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But, I, I, you know, the best of us have messed it up before, so. I absolutely, you know, and then the other thing, just in terms of just kind of the the bare bones is that they know who to go to if they do have questions or things come up. So it's, you know, who is their direct supervisor? Who's the point person for the area that they're most commonly going to be interacting with? Who would be a good resource for them? Who is the IT, you know, guru or IT, you know, um, company? Those are kind of the, the fundamental people, you know, that they should be able to ask questions from because the last thing someone wants to be is helpless yeah. and that they're reliant on, you know, the administrator who might be in a meeting for four hours on that first day, you right. know, and then they're just kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs and feeling kind of silly that they can't be proactive. Because I think a lot of people want to be empowered mm-hmm. and want to put forth, you know, a good impression that they can, you know, demonstrate their critical thinking skills and and troubleshoot some issues on their own, but we got to give them a little bit of, you know, right. uh, tools in the, the toolbox here to give them, you know, a little bit of guidance of this is where you go if you, you have some issues. And I right. think that goes a long way when they feel like they're a little bit empowered to be able to help themselves. No, I like that. I, I mean, it shouldn't be the administrator. Like it, it, you should lay out, okay, here are the different types of questions you may have and here's where to go for them. I like that because I, I, you know what, that sets me up as the manager administrator a little bit better too, because this person isn't going to come to me for absolutely everything. And then I'm playing middleman for the rest of the day because I didn't assign that out properly. Right. Yeah. And you know, there were reasons for you to not maybe be responsive. And so again, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't put forth the best impressions, the new hire, because you want them to feel like they're a priority. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you tell me maybe some of the things that you've been thinking about most recently, maybe more in like the innovative, like, okay, we've done the foundational stuff. Can we start thinking about little things that maybe set us apart, MedMan apart as the employer of choice? What kind of fun ideas have you had recently for bringing somebody on? Well, we, you alluded to it at the beginning of our conversation was we just recently had a, a conversation at our leadership meeting about giving a new hire a, a library. So within our organization, we have a lot of individuals who are well-read. They enjoy, you know, reading a lot of different books. We've got a lot of different podcasts that we enjoy listening to. You know, there's just lots of different ways in in which we like to, you know, gather some information and kind of be inspired in terms of, you know, life and business. 
And so what we talked about is, is that there are a number of books that we all feel kind of either advance the, the way in which we want to do, you know, run the business of MedMan or give an individual some inspiration in terms of skill sets that they're looking that, you know, we would love for our employees to embody. And so we yeah. talked about, you know, presenting our new hires with kind of a mini library or some books to get their, their MedMan library started. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is just something in terms of it, it does a couple of things that re, reconfirm, you know, that we are putting an emphasis on something that's really important to us through, you know, choosing a book, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, on a topic that's important to us. It also just demonstrates kind of the professional development or the growth that we put a lot of importance on is that we want our individuals to not just be complacent, but to grow right. as individuals and professionals. And so we're kind of giving them some tools to kind of inspire them to do so through that literature. And it creates this common language. So if yeah. all of our, what our vision is, is if all of our new hires have read, you know, X, Y, and D books, then we're all speaking the common language. And yeah. through that common language, you start to enhance your culture. It is a contributor to your culture when you've got the same terminology and the same language and kind of that shared experience of like, oh yeah, I remember that story in that book. That was so great, you Mm -hmm. know, and everyone can kind of contribute to that conversation and benefit from it. Absolutely. No, I love that. I was in a clinic today and one of the things that I saw that I really loved and we do it at MedMan too, they had a stack of logo wear ready to go. And what I mean by that is that it's either a sweater or a pair of scrubs or a jacket that had their branded logo on it. And for anybody's first day, they had something to be able to hand them that kind of branded them as part of their clinic. You know, it, it was really cool to see that. Well, and I think that's great, Jesse, because oftentimes, you know, a lot of organizations, you know, we have this rule of thumb that, you know, at 30 days, you're eligible for benefits or at 90 days, you get to receive a credit for, you know, some type of scrub or, you know, at a year you get into retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have these milestones that people have to hit, but usually there's this waiting period before they're able to participate in or benefit from, you know, something that we see as kind of a, a benefit, whether it's in a formal way or in an informal way. And so if we give someone something on the very first day, I think it's, you know, it kind of like demonstrates to the employee that this employer is serious about me. They're willing to invest in me in the very first day. And I'm part of them from day one. Like I don't have to earn my street cred right, <laughs> with right. the organization by getting the 30 day mark under my belt. Like I'm, yeah. I'm part of them from day one. And that I think you're going to see an increase in kind of loyalty to organization as a result. I think so. I, I completely agree. Well, this has been super helpful and I hope that it helps our listeners to just pay attention to it. Take some time to think about what it's like to come into your organization. What are the little things and the big things that matter most to this person? And you know, I think it's fair to to go and ask the people that are already there inside the organization what was good, what was bad, what could be better. And and they'll probably share a lot of stuff that's sitting in your blind spot that you didn't realize. You know, maybe it took me two days to get my email up and going, oh yeah, because if we don't start it two days prior, then it's not going to work, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just hope that people will really dedicate the time, money, and effort to making that experience a good one not just a neutral one and especially not a bad one. But Molly, thank you for being on. Appreciate your insight. 
happy to be a part of it. Thanks, Jesse. All right. And for all of our listeners, tune in next week. We'll talk a little bit more about what might be coming down the pipeline as far as the next phase of kind of the staffing crisis, resignation, you know, what's coming next. And for anything else that MedMan does for show notes, services, and other episodes, please visit us at medman.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Medical Management Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com. Thank you.